what is going on guys welcome back to another episode of lost and lifting talk Today, we are just going to hop right into a, another Q&A episode. So today I have roughly four or five questions. I'm not going to do the, the fire round where I just shoot out a bunch of questions with quick answers this time. I'm going to take my time a little bit longer, answer four or five questions, and hopefully really help you guys out. These questions that I do have are all questions that I feel like will be beneficial to the majority of the listeners out there listening. So sit back, relax. I'm excited to hop into this. And let's just get started with question number one. Question number one comes from my client, Oscar. And he asked, did you watch the Game Changers on Netflix, plant-based diet documentary? So for those of you that don't know, Game Changers is a documentary that came out on Netflix that's talking about a plant-based diet, how beneficial it is and all the problems with meat-based diets and the, the meat industry, the animal product industry and that kind of stuff. So first and foremost... You have to understand with any Netflix documentary or the majority of those have an agenda behind them. The people that are funding those types of documentaries have an agenda behind the documentary. They're trying to push push a message. So they are very one-sided. You're not going to find any documentaries and, and well-produced, high-budgeted films um, on these sort of topics that aren't heavily cited in one way. And just to be upfront, 100% honest, because I've been asked this question, I've been asked about this documentary a lot of times. I personally have not seen the documentary. And on Netflix, there's this one. There's a few different documentaries on Netflix that go into mass detail and scare everybody and, and kind of persuade you to think that this way of eating is bad and you have to eat like this. And this is this Game Changers is another one of those, in my opinion. So I don't really look too in-depth on these types of documentaries or take what they're saying at face value. I'd rather go look at all of the actual research being done with scientific research, with actual professional researchers that do this for their careers and look at their studies and see what they're doing and make my decision from there. I'm not just going to watch a documentary and take, take it at face value and believe what they're saying because these people are trying to push a vegan agenda. They want people going vegan. And so that's obviously what the documentary is about. I'm assuming, which is great. If you want to go vegan, go right ahead. It's, it doesn't affect me. Do I think it's most optimal for you health wise to go vegan? Absolutely not. I think that we are born to eat meat. Our bodies are made to eat meat, to eat plants, and a variety of all foods, not to completely take out meat. Whenever we restrict anything completely, I think we're going way too far in one way. Now, do I agree with the way that animals are taken care of, the big commercial farms, the commercial dairies with the, the cows and everything, the farms that are showing like the chickens and how they're taken care of and mass produced and injected with steroids and all that stuff. Do I agree with all of that? No, absolutely not. I don't think that the way that we're going in that sense either is 100% perfect or things are going correctly. But do I think that that's the reason that all of us should just stop eating meat because of animal cruelty? In my humble opinion, no. Just being 100% honest, no. I think that if you're mindful and you don't want to produce those types of companies, you shouldn't. But we were put here to eat meat. Our bodies need meat. If you go completely plant-based, 
you have to, it's not the healthiest thing. You're not going to end up with all of the vitamins that you need that you're going to get through meat sources and things too, like vitamin B12. We can't get that through just a plant-based diet. So if you are going vegan or thinking about it, understand you're going to need to supplement with, with vitamin B12 because that's not in your diet just through a plant-based diet. So I have not seen the film myself. Will I watch it? Maybe just for entertainment purposes at some point, but my general recommendation and my warning is that any highly produced, well-produced documentary that's going to be on a, on a platform like Netflix or HBO or anything like that, they have an agenda behind those types of films. So do I think that you should go vegan because you're going to be healthier? Absolutely not. If you want to go vegan for your the way that you think and your values and you don't want to hurt animals, I find nothing wrong with that. Do you? It's It's your life. You should do things the way that you want to. But the way that your body was produced, you need meat, you need plants, you need a variety. So that would be my answer to that question. It is very popular. I haven't watched it. I probably should watch it because the things that I'm saying might be talking out of my butt. But from my past experience, from all of the old documentaries that come out on Netflix and whatnot, it's kind of the same thing happening over and over. These people are just trying to push an agenda and then scare the masses of people to get everybody rethinking what they're doing. When in reality, I just don't agree with it. I don't think that that's the way that you should go about it. You should look at the research. What does the research show? Is meat unhealthy? Now, like I said, I'm not going to jump back into it, the way that our animals are treated and how we get our meat, is that correct? No, it's probably not. We could clean that up so that we're not mass producing and giving these animals ridiculous lives, inhumane lives throughout their entire journey just to feed us. Do we need to fix that in some sort of way? Probably. Do I have an answer for that? No. That's my answer. That might trigger some people, but that's who I am and that's the way that I think. So moving on to the next question. Question number two comes from one of my followers named Bradley. He asks, for your current cut, what is your daily calorie deficit? More than 500 below BMR plus activity. So basically he's asking, how deep is my deficit? So at the moment, for those of you that don't know, I did just start a cut last week. So I'm about eight days into it at the moment. So he wants to know how far underneath of my maintenance level am I eating in calories to consistently lose weight each week. So for me, I don't think of it as you said, BMR plus activity. I don't pay attention to just my BMR and then activity on top of that. I just look at my calorie expenditure as a whole. You can look at it like that. Um, it's just easier. You'll get a better gauge if you try to figure out how many calories you're actually expending every single day, your maintenance level, and then taking from that, which is the same thing. You just asked it in a different way. So for me, I know that my maintenance level is somewhere around 27 to 2,900 calories. I know that if I eat that many calories day in and day out, my weight is going to stay relatively the same. It will go down a little bit. It will come back up. But overall, if I look at it out of like a week to a month to a year span, if I was to eat around 27 to 2,900 calories, my weight is going to hover around the same weight through that entire amount of time. So it's going to take 3,500 calories to lose one pound of fat. So a deficit of 3,500 calories. So for most people, you'll go 500 calorie deficit per day, and that's going to have you losing roughly around one pound of fat per week. So for myself, I'm trying to be a little bit more aggressive because I'm just going on this cut for about 30 days, and I'm looking to lose somewhere between five to eight pounds in the next 30 days just to clean up my diet a little bit to be able to go into the, the winter, eat more calories, and not be putting on 
fat on top of the fat I already have. I've accumulated a little bit of fat over the last few months just because I've been more free with my diet and enjoying life, going out to eat with my wife, um, taking the baby out and not worrying so much about food, just training. So I wanted to clean that up a little bit so that going into the holidays, I could kind of enjoy myself a little bit, um, train hard, possibly put on some muscle and in a caloric surplus and whatnot, but I just want to be in a good spot to start that surplus. So I'm cutting down a little bit right now. So for me, long story short, I'm eating 2,200 calories per day right now. So my maintenance is 27 to 29, roughly 20, we'll say for an average 2,800. So I'm eating 600 calories below that. Reason being is I'm trying to move a little bit faster. I'm not going to sit in this deficit for long. I just want to get in and I want to get out. This first week that I was in the deficit worked out super well. I lost like four pounds, which some of that is water intake. That's not all fat. I probably lost a pound and a half to, to two pounds of fat. Hopefully in the other couple pounds came from water weight and glycogen stores and whatnot because my carbon take is obviously reduced. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to be a little bit more aggressive up front. Generally, if I take on a client and I have three to six months with somebody, we're going to start that deficit off a little bit slower because what you have to understand over time, your metabolism starts to adapt to the amount of calories that you're taking in and you're not going to progress anymore. Your maintenance level is going to drop because you're losing weight. Your maintenance level has to do with um, the amount of mass you have on your body. The bigger you are, obviously, the more calories you expend through the day. So as you get lighter, your maintenance level drops, so you're going to have to go into a further deficit. So for general clients that I work with, we like to start with as many calories as possible and slowly work the calories down. So I wouldn't start in a 600-calorie deficit like I'm doing with myself where I'm just in this little phase for the next 30 days. If somebody was going through a longer fat loss period, they had three months to six months, I would start them around three to 400 caloric deficit and slowly start to work that into a bigger deficit over time as their body starts to adapt. Well, to keep them from adapting, excuse me. So to keep them from adapting, we'll start to drop calories a little bit um, from month to month usually. So hopefully that answers your question, man. I'm going through this super fast. So I'm going deeper into my deficit, trying to really dig for just 30 days or so to, to lose a little bit of fat so that I can enjoy myself a little bit more over the holidays that are coming up. All right, moving on. Here's another good question from another follower, Shana. She asks, can you ruin your metabolism? This is a bit of a tricky question. Can you ruin your metabolism? I think you can ruin it. Can you slow your metabolism down so that you're more, more vulnerable to putting on fat? Absolutely. How this happens is like I explained in the last question is that as you diet down, your metabolism starts to adapt. Your metabolism gets lower and lower. It doesn't necessarily want to lose fat. Our bodies aren't made to just lose fat with ease. So as you eat less calories, your metabolism adapts to that amount of calories. So if you stay really, really low calorie for a really long amount of time, I did this once. So when I first got into flexible dieting and tracking macros, tracking calories, I stayed in a caloric deficit for almost two years. I was eating roughly 2,000 calories per day for two years. And my, my maintenance was somewhere up closer to, I had a more active job then, it was somewhere up closer to like 3,000, 3,100 calories per day. That was my maintenance. But I had been eating at 2,000 calories for so long that my maintenance had actually came down. I had run my metabolism into the ground because I wasn't feeding it the actual food that it needed so that my metabolism dropped. It got much lower. My maintenance probably came down closer to somewhere around 24, 2,500-ish calories is what it needed to maintain. So in order to be able to build that back up, you have to start 
adding in calories over time. It's called the reverse diet. So we slowly add in calories to let your body adjust to the calories. So if your metabolism has been drained down for a really long amount of time, you can't just automatically bump back up to that 3,000 calories because, like I said, your maintenance has dropped over time. Your metabolism has tried to adapt to stop it from losing weight. So you can't just go back to the 3,000 calories and think that's your maintenance after it's dropped. You have to work up your metabolism's capacity to get back up to where it was at a point that it, where it was at before. So in order to do that, you have to reverse diet, meaning each week you have to slowly start adding calories back in to your diet and letting your metabolism just to that amount of calories. And then we can start bumping it up again. It's a slow process. So you can hurt your metabolism. Absolutely. Which can turn into messing with your hormones and turn into a big old lead of problems that I'm not going to get into on this podcast today. But it's important to understand you need to periodize your nutrition. A lot of people get wrong that they always want to be dieting. Even when they don't necessarily need to be dieting, they always want to be dieting. People's goals they get so caught up in thinking fat loss, fat loss, fat loss, that it can mess up your metabolism. It can definitely slow your metabolism down at times and just not be optimal for your health and really for your, your aesthetics, your appearance in the long run. We need to understand that periodization is so key. If we're going to go into fat loss phases, we don't want to be in a fat loss phase consistently for six months to a year. We need to periodize that fat loss phase to, to keep our metabolism in a good state and keep our hunger levels um, at bay, help with all of that kind of stuff. So in order to do that, we need to periodize, meaning we'll go into a, a diet phase for three months or so. And then once we've lost some weight, you might not be to your full goal yet. Maybe you have 50 pounds to lose. If we go into a diet phase for three months, we get the first 20 pounds off. Then we take a diet break. So we'll slowly start to increase calories for the next 30 days or so. Give your metabolism a break. Give your just your body and your mind a, a mental break from the, the diet that you're going through as well. It's so important to have those little breaks because the diet just wears you down. So these periodization techniques help not only with your metabolism, but just progress as a whole. You end up making more progress in the long term. So what I was saying, and I just got off track a little bit, but you'll go three months, lose your first initial amount of weight. Let's say you have 50 pounds to lose, you lose your first 20 pounds, you take a diet break. So we slowly start to increase calories for the next 30 to 60 days, let's say, let your metabolism recover while we're keeping your, your weight at bay. We're, we're maintaining this new low weight that you're at now. So, but we're increasing your metabolism over time to be able to eat more calories while still losing weight. So we get through that uh, reverse, we up calories, get you back up to like four or 500 calories higher. So you're up at a maintenance again. And then we go through another fat loss phase, lose another 20 pounds, let's say, and then restart that cycle. That's how you can keep your metabolism healthy and keep everything from always adapting. You have to start thinking of your results in the long term instead of just in the neck, in the short term. So many people come to me and they're like, I need to lose this amount of weight in this amount of time. And if I don't, I failed. That's a totally wrong way to look at it. You need to start looking at things as a long-term plan. We're looking at this for life. This isn't a 30-day plan, a 60-day plan, a 90-day plan. This is a lifetime plan. So learning to periodize to keep the, the metabolism healthy and in good shape is so important. So can you ruin your metabolism? No, because you can always bring it back over time with certain things. But can you run it into the ground? 100% absolutely. All right, question number four. This is going to be the final question of the day. It comes from Anthony, who is another follower. He asks, should mobility be programmed into a routine or thrown in whatever? Optimally, 
it should be programmed into your routine at all times. Now, do I always have mobility in my routine? No, I do not. Should I? Yes. Should you? Yes. Now, the way that I look at mobility is, and this probably isn't the best way to look at it, but I look at it. I work on my mobility when I need to. I need to get into the gym and I need to get out fast. My clients need to get into the gym and they need to get out fast. We're trying to optimize their time. You guys have lives, you have jobs, you have families, you have other things going on. So to go into the gym and spend 15, 20 minutes on mobility before even beginning your workout, is that going to be optimal? No. For an athlete, um, somebody that's taking this a lot more seriously, they're making a career out of it, should they be focused on mobility more? Yes. The older that you get, should you be more focused on mobility? Yes. So generally speaking, I focus on mobility when I need to focus on mobility. If I feel like I'm getting tight, like right now, my shoulders, my shoulders are in a bad position. And this is probably because I haven't focused on mobility enough in the past. So at the moment, I'm focusing on mobility with my shoulders a lot. Just fully rotating my shoulders is very hard. So if you go up to a, go up to the back of a wall, Put your back on a wall and at your shoulder joint. So you have your arm bent at your elbow joint and from your shoulder joint, put it up to a 90 degree angle. So at your shoulder, you've got a 90 degree angle going down your arm to your elbow and from your body. From there, can you fully rotate up and touch the wall and fully rotate down and touch the wall? So at that shoulder joint, you've got full range of motion. For me, that's very hard. So at the moment, I'm working on a lot of shoulder mobility. I'm not doing a ton with my hip mobility. I do a little bit before like a squat session. I'll work on a little bit of mobility there just so that I'm good and opened up for when I'm hitting squats. And then like all my upper days, I'm definitely working on shoulder mobility. So should you be focused on it at all times in your programming? If you have time, absolutely. Go ahead, focus on that. If you have 20, 30 minutes before or after a workout to focus on mobility, go right ahead. If you're somebody that doesn't have as much time, it's a little bit more of a maintenance thing. So working on it when you need to work on it is my approach to that sort of thing. So that's probably not the best answer in the world, but you have to remember all of this is so practical. There's things that we should be doing and there's things that we can be doing and finding that middle ground to, to what's best for you and what you can actually apply and be adherent to is the most important thing. So for me, for the majority of the clients that I work with, that it's more beneficial for them to be actually exercising when they're in the gym, not spending their first 20, 30 minutes working on mobility, but getting in, getting the actual workouts in. Now, if they come to me and they have complaints with certain things going on, uh, like shoulder joints or at their hip joints or different things like that, then we start to work on mobility. So if you have certain areas that are tight, yeah, absolutely. You should be working on those types of things consistently. If you're feeling pretty good and you don't have a ton of time, then it's probably not something you should be too worried about right in that moment. Now, like I said, is that the best and most optimal way to go about it? No. Is it practical? For most of us, probably yes. All right, guys, that is going to wrap up today's Q&A episode. I really do appreciate you for hitting play and tuning into these episodes. If you would be so kind, if you haven't already, go down below and leave a review of the podcast so that we're able to reach more people. If you have a little bit even more time, if you could leave a written review, it will just help the podcast be able to grow. It reaches more people, the more reviews that it's gotten. For those of you that have already gone down and left a review, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you'd like to take it even a step further, you can always take a screenshot of the episode, put it on your Instagram story, tag me in it, and then I will repost it on mine as well. Just 
just to help people gain some awareness around the podcast, understand that it's giving you value. It might push them to want to tune in as well and begin listening to these episodes so that they can start taking their nutrition and exercise a step further as well. I haven't mentioned this yet, but I always do leave a link down below. If you're interested in getting more help with your nutrition, um, learning how to count calories, macros, where your calories, macros should be for your goals, I always have linked down below the macro starter kit. And that's just a little free resource that I do provide. It'll help you start your calories, get your starting calories. It'll actually give you 14 recipes to high protein, low calorie recipes that I use in my house. And all of our clients use those recipes as well, just to help them be able to hit their goals a little bit easier, stay fuller and make sure you're hitting that protein goal day in and day out. So that's always down below. You can find that in the show notes. There's always a link there. So feel more than welcome to go down and download that. Like I said, it's 100% free to help you in your journey and and uh, if you ever have questions, you're more than welcome to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Lost and Lifting or shoot me an email as well. And that's always linked below. So thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you're having an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon.